Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to go international again today, continuing our series with our international partners all around the globe. And looking forward to sharing the story with you as we head to Eurasia. Where yes. is Eurasia? We'll find out in just a little bit. Thanks to <laughs> Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Now, when I took geography like way back in the day, back when we had to use pencils in school, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. I don't remember there being a part of the world called Eurasia. So now we have to go to Eurasia to find out where it is. Joining us today, the Reverend James Krikova. He uh, serves the Lord as regional director for uh, LCMS Office of International Mission in Eurasia. Pastor Krikova, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you for having me. So tell us about this. Uh, define Eurasia for us, for those <laughs> who, who maybe uh, need some clarity on where that is. Actually, you'll find the word Eurasia used in in uh, the secular world as well. But uh, it it really what does it mean for LCMS? Mm-hmm. Uh, the four regions of our of the world are the Latin America, Car- Caribbean. That's that we know where that is, and Africa. We know where that is. And when we think of Asia, I suppose mostly we think of of Eastern Asia, the eastern part of Asia, China, for example. And whereas Eurasia is kind of a a catch-all because p- part of our p- part of the Eurasian world kind of gravitates towards Europe, and so Eurasia is is Europe, and that includes all of Europe, and the Asia part also includes the Middle East, which isn't technically Asia either. But, but, but it's, but it's in there. And of course we can't get people into the Middle Eastern countries because of, you know, Muslim governments don't allow it. Um, but we do actually do a lot, a lot of work with, with those people as they live in Europe, especially in, in Germany, we have that, uh, work among, uh, especially among the Persians or the, the Iranians and people from, uh, Western Afghanistan who speak a similar language to uh, to the uh, to Iran, and and then but then of course Russia is a huge country, but part of Russia is Europe, and part of Russia is Asia, and so that's kind of where we get our word Eurasia. Mm-hmm. That's a that that spans that region spans a lot of different cultures and um, <laughs> and languages. Uh, how does what does your work actually look like serving? Uh, that wide variety of of people and cultures. Well, it is diverse, that's for sure. And I did forget to mention one thing that's also in the Eurasia region that probably doesn't belong in it in a, in a certain sense, and that's Mongolia. But the reason we have th- that Mongolia is included in Eurasia is because the work that we're doing in Mongolia is among Kazakhstan people, and that is definitely part of Central Asia. And then also India is South Asia, but that that also is has been placed into the Eurasia uh, region. So so that makes it even bigger than than you said. But in in our work, um, we really do have the most languages to deal with, and it really is difficult that way. 
when we put somebody on the ground in an area, that, that person has to learn that language. I myself was a missionary in the Czech Republic for 16 years before I took this position. And um, um, it was absolutely necessary to, for me to learn Czech language and, and the other missionaries as well. And so where we have missionaries on the ground, they basically learn the language of that, that country. But at the same time, there's a lot of work that we do in, your, in Eurasia that is either in English or in Russian. And so we've kind of divided it up that way. We have a lot of theological education uh, that I can talk about in, in a bit, if you like. Uh, and, and most of that theological education goes on in English at least for Europe, and then probably Russian for the work that goes on in Russian-speaking countries. So share with us uh, a, a bit more about the the various ways in which our um, international workers are serving in all these various regions. You mentioned theological education being one of those. Are there other ways that our international workers are serving throughout these regions? Yes. The, the other one is the first one I said is uh, that those would be the, the church planters. Mm. Now, uh, for, for example, um, we have missionaries in Germany who are ministering in, in German, one in Frankfurt, one in Kaiser's uh, Lautern. And then uh, we have Kim Biltman. She's a deaconess. She's in, in Leipzig. And uh, her partner is finally, <laughs> finally being allowed to come to Germany in July. Rachel Krause, and, and they work among the the uh, the uh, Persian, mostly Persian and Afghani refugees. And the reason I say mostly with those is because they're the ones that seem to be the most interested in Christianity. Um, when Angela Merkel, you know, kind of started this program, they they spread the net pretty wide. Uh, but what we found out is that the Persian people. You have to remember that Iran and Afghanistan, they were forced into Islam centuries ago and, you know, by the sword, basically. And uh, and so and they actually still have a sort of memory of that or a historical one anyway. And and so when they come up, when they came to Germany, they were interested in, in getting out from under the um, the shackles of of Islam, whereas some of the other countries that have come to Germany, like Syria, for example, or Iraq, uh, they're more interested in, in building mosques in Germany and, and making Germany into a Muslim country, you know. But and so that's kind of why we're, we're so heavy into the, the Persian uh, language, which is Farsi and the, uh, the language of uh, uh, Western Afghanistan, which is Dari. And it's kind of a dialect of, kind of a dialect of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Farsi. Hmm. Tell us more about the theological education that happens. Are there's uh, there's at least one seminary, two seminaries. How many seminaries <laughs> are there? Uh, theological education hubs are there in the Eurasia region? Yes. Uh, let me talk about that a little bit. Uh, we have historically done work in uh, in Russia, and uh, that takes place. Now in St. Petersburg at the at our partner churches, um, it's not called a seminary; it's called a Bible Institute, I think, and um, or theological institute, I guess is that what they call it. 
and and there they train pastors for those for Russian speaking churches. So so it would be normal for somebody say from from Georgia, not not our Georgia, but Russian Georgia, to come up and study in St. Petersburg and then go back to Georgia, because he can that person can learn in in Russian. Even you know Georgian is nothing like Russian, but um, but they all speak it. Same thing with Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan. They 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 have their own language, but they all speak Russian. And so we've we've been working there. We have a one missionary uh, named um, Jerry Lawson or Pastor Jerry Lawson, and he he is uh, he is currently teaching uh, in in that church body. The in that church body is called the the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ingria in Russia. And it's re- it's called that for a real purpose. It was originally a Finnish church, but now it is a it's completely Russified. It it, it came into Russia uh, back at the time of Peter the Great, which I think is like the seventeen fairly early in the seventeen hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. And um, and then Saint Petersburg was built in Ingria, but historically it's actually a Finnish place. So that church is, is, is still has some congregations that have that hold Finnish services, but it's mostly mostly Russian. Then we also do Russian work in in Ukraine, and that's in Odessa, and that and that work is it, it has kind of taken the shape of of seminars where we uh, either have somebody living there or we bring people in or both. And right now we're deploying. Uh, uh, Pastor Andrew Feder, who will settle with his family in Odessa, they just got their clearance after the COVID th- business, and so they'll be leaving like any time. They're 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 in they're all ready to go. They've been ready to go for a long time, but COVID has kept us out. And that there they do like once a month a week long seminar, and that's for their pastors. Because most, several, or many of their pastors are, are, you might say, are a little bit <clears throat> undereducated. You, you know, or, or there's there's more that they should they should learn. But uh, and then there are seminary students and pre-seminary students there, and, and uh, Pastor Federer will be working with them, along with uh, we have we have two people there who are teaching English as a second language, the Bodwin uh, couple. And uh, and they've been doing they've been there for about a year now, and they've been doing just excellent work because again, even though it's a Russian speaking seminary, um, it's the need for English is high because in order for these these partners or these people who are getting together theologically, in order for them to 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 communicate, English is pretty much the new Latin, if you will, for the church, and uh, and so. Uh, there's a lot of value in teaching English to these these seminary students and and, uh, and and getting them up to speed so that they can meet with us in the future. Uh, all the churches in Europe basically speak English. That's 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 just the nature of the beast. Hmm. Oh yeah, and then uh, then in uh, in Europe, uh, our latest venture, which is very exciting, is called we we call it the Livonian Project because. But it's really in Latvia. But in Luther's time, Livonia was what that area of the world was called. And Luther actually wrote a couple of letters to the Livonians about their, their about the, uh, the work that they were doing. They embraced the Reformation very early on, and in fact, uh, Latvia today's Latvia is 
called a Lutheran country, kind of like the Scandinavian countries. Um, and Estonia to some degree too, but, but that's much, much smaller. And Lithuania went Roman Catholic, but there is a, there is a, a, a very good partner in Lithuania. It's not a huge church, but it's a nice one, a good one. Anyway, with uh, the Latvian church is, is big enough so that they have been able to support their own seminary in the Latvian language for, for many years. And we've had Missouri Synod um, missionaries working with them in that seminary for, well, since the 90s, early 90s. And, um, and now this, an opportunity presented itself. And that a few years ago, the European Union, when that, you know, made a, a, an educational reform, which said that if, you're, if your institution is accredited and, and the Riga Seminary is accredited in Latvia, but if it's accredited in your European Union country, and you will offer your curriculum in English. Anyone who takes that curriculum in English will get a, a, a certified degree or an accredited degree that's valid throughout the, the, the entire EU. And so we jumped on that. And, uh, and that's under the directorship of uh, Dr. John Bombaro. Uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful leader, and he's he's getting this thing going. We've been operating now for about a, a semester or so, along with uh, Dr. Charles Courtright, who lives in Latvia, and uh, I believe do, uh, Dr. Bombaro has, has lived in Latvia. He talked about moving him to Berlin because, uh, but we haven't haven't made a decision yet. But the reason for it is because. <coughs> excuse me, um, we're using, uh, OIM is, or Eurasia is now using the old Latin school in Wittenberg that the LCMS is a, is a, um, a co-owner of, and they, re they renovated, it's a beautiful facility, and we hope to hold intensive uh, courses for this Livonian project, or this Livonian, or this Latvian seminary in in English there and so things are like going famously it's it's amazing I know that he, he already they already have 21 students from our region taking the English language course and and are in fact uh, aiming to become pastors uh, there's there's a lot more students than that but those uh, there's probably close to 40 taking the courses, but they're not seminary-bound. They're just taking it for interest. We're learning about the Lord's work in the Eurasia region for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Office of International Mission. We're talking with the Reverend James Krikova. We have more to learn, and we'll continue that conversation in just a moment here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. 
to learn more about Concordia. Go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Reverend James Krikova. He's the Regional Director for Eurasia for the LCMS Office of International Mission, talking about uh, the Lord's work in Eurasia, which covers a, a large portion of the world, <laughs> and a lot of a lot of international workers serving in this part of the world. What are some of the challenges, Pastor Krikova, that, uh, that the church has faced in the past year or in, in, just even in, in recent months as well? What are some of the challenges um, that our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing in, in your part of the world. Okay, well, let, let me start this way. Um, one wonderful thing that happened, uh, I, I can't tell you the exact date, but not that many months ago, uh, is that the LCMS has formed a full partner, uh, full fellowship partner uh, arrangement with the Lutheran, the Evangelical Lutheran, Mission Diocese of Finland, mm-hmm. and that that is a a, ch- a church body that is not affiliated with the State Church of Finland, and all of the the, the state churches, well, maybe all of the state churches everywhere, but the state churches in Scandinavia are exceedingly liberal, and and not not something that we would re- want to be a part of. But this group broke away uh, from from the state church, and. And they've been operating for quite a while now, and and uh, through the the CTCR, uh, the, they have been having talks for for a while, a couple of years, probably a few years, and uh, and now they've decided, and and now our uh, president Harrison has has uh, recommended that 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 church become a full partner with us. It's a wonderful thing because. They're really good. They're really great Lutherans, and the the Finns are very tough, tough people, strong, and uh, and stubborn where they need to be when it comes to Lutheranism. And um, it's really something wonderful for me because they also are fair, are very highly educated. And they have several people that I actually hope to use uh, in our work, uh, like for example, sending one of their PhD candidates down to to Odessa to teach a, a week-long seminar or send them to, to Riga to do the same or to, or to Wittenberg. So it's, it's like getting a whole bunch of uh, resources. We're real happy about that. In fact, uh, they have a, their old bishop uh, whose, la- whose last name is Risto, or no, his first name is Risto, Bishop Risto, we call him. He retired, and they re- elected a new bishop, and his name is Poyola. And and uh, a wonderful guy. He's he's well known in America, um, and he will be consecrated as bishop. Well, he was supposed to be consecrated a year ago, but COVID put the kibosh on that, and so he will be consecrated as the bishop of their church this the first of August this year. And we're trying to get there. We're going to make every effort to to go to that, but he along with a, uh, another pastor in the church, were involved in publishing a book um, in Finnish on, on Christian um, sexuality. And, and of course, in a, in a book like that, you're going to bump up against the LGBT agenda, 
and some of that's that some uh, uh, you're going to bump up against uh, women's ordination, and uh, they have actually been charged by their government with a hate crime. Uh, they're not in jail, <laughs> but they but they uh, they will have to go to court uh, soon. And we and we in the Missouri Senate are are making efforts to try to support them, not only with our prayers, but even. Uh, hopefully letters, uh, a, uh, hopefully a, a joint letter uh, from the Synod uh, and also from the International Lutheran Council that, that Missouri Synod is part of and, uh, you know, complaining to the government that this is this is an infringement of the government upon uh, the, uh, the faith of a, of a church body. Um, and so... I, I'm optimistic that they'll that that it'll be that it, it'll be resolved and, and nothing will, will will happen. But it it does show something pretty unhealthy in our world, where governments are now where we have true cases of governments trying to to seriously meddle in the in the uh, doctrine of a of a of a church, and. Um, and, and and that's alarming because it, if it happens there, it can happen anywhere. And, and I mean, I would even say in our own country, we have to be somewhat vigilant and and make sure that kind of thing, you know, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't overtake us as well. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm 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 optimistic that things will work out for the for the best, but I also think we have to make an effort. To back their play and and uh, defend them as our brothers in in Christ, this, a, a similar instance is is happening uh, in uh, in Ukraine with a church partner that we're working with, which is called uh, the official name of that church is the German Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ukraine, but uh, and and that would be okay. There'd be nothing wrong with that. Uh, we have. German Lutheran churches in America as well, but but uh, but Germany itself has uh, put pressure, government pressure, on the Ukrainian government to ouster the um, the uh, the bishop, the standing bishop there, uh, for rejecting women's ordination and for not. Um, complying with the LGBT agenda that the German church would, and I mean the German state church, the even Evangelische Lutherische Kirche in Deutschland. Um, and, and they, they would like to see, uh, they would like to see the government put pressure on Mashevsky. Well, they're succeeding and it's, it's, it's quite alarming to us. It doesn't mean that we can't keep working there. But it, it 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 might it might mean losing a certain recognition of the state that that this is a church that that has freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, um, or what kinds of blessings have you seen uh, in in the last uh, year or so? And, and we have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, but okay. what are some of the, the highlights or, or things that ways that you've seen God blessing this all of this work being done in the Eurasia region? Okay. Well, thank you. I I, I a lot of things, and I'd, <laughs> I'd like to talk more than two minutes, but I know I'm limited. Right. So I'll, I'll I'll on this on the side of theological education, the uh, we're making great strides on that. And actually, 
in some ways, COVID helped us out because it forced us to become savvy at doing uh, Zoom class, mm-hmm. classroom or mm-hmm. remote cla- uh, classroom. And, and so we have a have so many more students in it than we probably would have had we had just a a, um, a residential seminary. Lots I could say about that, but I want to move to another region or a sub-region of Eurasia, and we call it the Balkan Mediterranean region. That started out with an alliance missionary named Soren Triffa, mm-hmm. who who became a, 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 a who did his vicarage with us. He had gotten his education at the university, like like many of them do in Europe, and um, and. He's just a wonderful Lutheran guy, and, and we ended up doing a vicarage with him, having a colloquy with him, and then ordaining him to do work in Romania. Because in Romania, there's no Lutheran church that's, that conducts their business or their, their conducts their church work in Romanian. There's a German church there that's very liberal and a Hungarian church there, Lutheran church there, that is that is even more liberal. And so, so this guy started a, a church plant in Bucharest. It's thriving. It's doing just fine. They started a, another church plant in Sucheva, which is a, not as big as Bucharest, but it is still a few hundred thousand people large. And then they, and then they have a plant, a, a new a plan for another church plant in um, uh, Brazov, which is the biggest Lutheran area. That's in Transylvania, which is part of Romania. But they've also branched out from there into Bulgaria, Greece, and Italy. And we are now in the process of sending missionaries into Italy. We've got seminary students coming out, coming from Italy to this, this uh, course that Bombar- Dr. Bombaro was doing. I just couldn't be more, ha- more happy of, uh, about what's happening in our region. It, the Lord has truly opened doors for us that we might never have thought of open, trying to open, and kind of kicking us through them, and and it's it's been it's been really I it's been a really wonderful wonderful time, and and I just expect more of the same. These these bits of persecution that are coming out, you know, the devil loves to irritate people. And uh, Luther always said, just laugh at him. So that's what we're doing. Thanks be to God for all those blessings and for all of those opportunities uh, to bring the good news of Christ. Pastor Krikova, thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and for sharing a great update of the Lord's work in Eurasia. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.